Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Building Faith Podcast. I'm Richard Goff, and I'm happy that you've tuned in to uh, another episode. We're going to be jumping back into our series on the providence of God. I'll be joined again by our teaching pastor, Pastor Shane Kohler, and today we're going to be talking about the providence of God as it relates to the details of life. You might put it this way, have you ever thought about your local meteorologist saying there is a chance of rain or a chance of snow? Or have you ever said to someone, there is no chance we're going to go see that movie or we're going to do this or that? Well, in light of our discussion today, I can tell you there is not a chance, but that God is in control and working all things according to his will and his providence. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So settle in as we jump into another episode of the Building Faith Podcast and our focused discussion on the providence of God. All right, Shane, here we are again. We're going to continue on, obviously, with our discussion on the providence of God. And um, I have to say, this has been a really... um, it's been really helpful to me. I mean, I, the the way that this is flowing out, I get to kind of be the first listener mm-hmm. uh, to to what you are bringing to the table for us to consider and think about. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping it's been as as effective and fruitful for everyone else that's listening. Um, but just as a way of kind of introdu- introduction to our time, um, there's not a lot that I can update us on since we recorded last week and and major news on the process of the building project, but I can say that there's been a lot of activity that's been of a more, you might say, tedious nature. Uh, just meetings updating on our progress in certain key areas and uh, discussions about audiovisual, where to place conduit and, and these kinds of things, just the kind of normal course that you have to kind of work through um, in, in the process of, of doing a, a building design and working toward a construction project. but. Um, and just thinking about that in light of this discussion on the providence of God, this is this is what it's all about. Yeah, it's really it's just being faithful, um, trusting that the Lord is at work, even in what might be considered not very exciting minutia. Yeah, that, that's that's the reality. Is uh, I think uh, sometimes our flesh. You know, we we want to hear the big stuff, yeah. uh, and and we fall into the temptation of that. Uh, you know, sometimes um, not really even talking to people about everything that is going on um, because it's not that exciting, uh, and it can, can sometimes uh, even I guess give the impression that uh, we are not cognizant of the fact that the Lord is working all the time. We only want to report the big things, you know, kind of bring glory to the Lord to those big things, when in fact he's working through all the small things, which is exactly what we have been talking about, you know, the last couple of weeks as it relates to, to providence. And, and we kind of delved into it a little bit. I wanted to really take our time today to expand on this, this issue of, uh, of God's providence working. You know, it comes to us in um in the context of a building and it's a good thing for us to discuss but really my heart is is uh, is burdened much more broadly than just the way we think about a building because i'm so concerned about the way people think about this in their own lives all the time yeah i always have been 
um, this this particular issue at the front of us is you know constructing a facility just gives us uh, an opportunity to think about it maybe a little bit more deeply. But it takes place in in, in people's lives every day. I mean, from mowing their grass to you know moving to a new house uh, to a new career move, all that stuff. You know, all those big decisions, all those little things that go on throughout the the day in our lives. Uh, we have a tendency to forget that God's involved with all of that stuff. And, and I, like what you were talking about, we talked about last week, uh, even um, the disappointments that we may be facing mm-hmm. in life, the trials and challenges that we may be face- facing in life, expectations that we had that haven't been met uh, according to what we had hoped, those kinds of things as well. Yeah. And, and it, uh, I think it, it leads to, I, I was reading some stuff this week on, um, you know, a, a, a tendency sometimes among some people to abandon their evangelical roots and to look for a an experience with God through mysticism. Hmm. The mysticism can be manifest through a a a more Pentecostal or charismatic church, uh, as Dan Wallace, uh, you know, talks about this. Uh, he's a he's a he's a very heady Greek scholar. And yet he talks about his own sort of move out of what he considered sort of stale uh, version of Christianity drawn back, uh, drawn to a, a more charismatic uh, influence. Or, uh, you know, I was reading another uh, scholar who talked about, he has a number of friends who actually go into the Eastern Orthodox Church. Or, but whatever it is, it is a desire to experience God in a direct fashion, rather than what you might call a secondary fashion. And this is actually, uh, you know, I was reading something by Don Whitney. This is the way that you would traditionally define mysticism. Mysticism is a, an attempt to have a direct, unmediated experience with God. That, that, that is basically what it is. You could look it up in a, a number of different uh, uh, works, uh, but it, it uh, when we speak about a mystical uh, perspective or a mysticism, uh, mystical Christianity or wherever it might be, this is this is that that yearning within people to to uh, sense a uh, a presence of God or to have an experience with God that isn't mediated through. On one hand, all the mundane meetings that you have to go through every day, uh, all you know, kind of having to see God through all those circumstances, or on the other hand, just through reading His Bible, yeah, reading His Word. I mean, that's also a secondary means, um, you know, through which we experience God, and yet, and, and so people kind of get tired of that. Now, the way it manifests itself is is sometimes. Uh, presented in, in terms of a high view of God, people actually get trapped into this because they actually think that they're elevating God. You know, they they, they talk about having a big God, uh, you know, a powerful God, or you know, um, you know, God doing God things. Yeah, you know, my God is able. Yeah, all that, all yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But in reality, it's. It's a low view of God, even though people wouldn't think about it this way. People are not thinking about it this way right now as you say that. Yeah, but they're kind of 
they're actually thinking that that their view of God's not big enough, and they're trying to raise it up by by seeking after this mystical experience with God. They're seeking something more, something better, something richer. But in fact, what they're really seeking is something easier. That's what it is. And they're drawn away for an easy substitute to a life of disciplined uh, obedience to God in all things, bringing all thoughts captive to Christ. Because when I say that, what I mean is, is you know, we were talking about providence last week. And, and when we talk about providence, providence is that understanding that God is the primary cause behind everything that happens to us. The Scripture talks about, um, you know, for example, uh, look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly Father feeds them. He's the primary cause of why they're fed. And yet, we have all kinds of scientists, uh, ornithologists, is that what they call bird uh, people who study birds? Uh, Yes, as far as you know, that's exactly what they call them. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, I I think, you know, they, they have all kinds of of explanations about the instincts of the birds and what's going on, you know, environmentally behind them and, and even sort of physiologically. And they, they, can, they can give you a lot of explanation of natural causes of, what, of why this is happening. Or even just take it out of the animate world. Look at the snow. Uh, the scripture tells us uh, that God says to the snow fall on the earth and to the showers and rain be strong, uh, in Psalm 148. So whether it's birds or whether it's rain or whatever it is, the Scripture is telling us that God is the one that's commanding all of those things. That is the primary cause. And yet we, there's a secondary cause in all these things, those sort of natural elements by which God works through created things by their creative nature to, you know, by their created nature, I should say, to kind of bring about whatever he has caused. Um, it's, not, it's not correct for us to think that um, you know, there is a natural cause that's partly involved and, and a primary cause that's partly involved, that sometimes it's just the natural cause and sometimes it's the uh, primary cause. Sometimes God's involved, sometimes we're involved. That's, that's just not the right way to think about it. What the Scripture teaches us is that God is intimately involved, so that in Him we live and move and have our being, or, or you know, man, man's way, as the proverb tells us, is not in himself to direct his steps. Or man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, as Proverbs 16, 9 says. All those things are telling us that God is working, as the theologian says, concurrently through all of those sort of, uh, you know, those tedious little tasks that we're going through. And, and, And people can get in the midst of that and actually begin to feel like God is not working because they are tedious, because it does require discipline. And, and in fact, if you really think about it, that is an awfully big God, an awfully big God who can, at one and the same time, be in control of every bird who's finding every grain of seed out there, um, you know, every uh, bird who's fallen to the ground, every flower that withers, 
you know, every raindrop that falls, he's actually in control of all that. And he's in control of whether or not this technology that's recording us right now is going to work or not going to work. He's actually dictating all of those little minute details in our life. That's an awfully big God. Mm. But see, here's the interesting thing, is people don't want to think about God that way. They actually, they actually think that they want to have a bigger God who bypasses all of that stuff and is directly involved in some sort of miraculous or, or at least sensational kind of intervention in their life, which happens. I mean, we, we know God does that. But what they're doing is they're actually lowering their view of God because they don't want to actually imagine God working, or they don't want to think about, or they don't want to comprehend God working through all of those tedious little things that we do in life. So that's a burden that I have, uh, you know, just as a pastor for, for folks in our congregation, for anyone who claims the name uh, of Christ, is that they not succumb to this subtle mysticism, this subtle idea that, uh, that they're going to uh, experience God in a more direct way by way of miracles or some sensational work. You know, it's, you, you could very well sort of present yourself as uh, this super spiritual person who has such a high view of God you just believe God's going to provide for all your needs, so you just kind of leave your job. Mm. I mean, you present yourself as a super spiritual person, but I would actually say the person who gets up and goes to work every day and you know clocks in, clocks out, and turns in all of his reports or whatever he does, he's actually the one who has more trust in God because he's trusting that God's working through all of those experiences. This is how people end up living their lives in these different compartments. There's the God compartment that. In this particular, you know, scenario, it's someone who it, it has to be some kind of near miraculous or only God could have done that kind of situation. But everything else is not the work of God. It's not yeah. a part of God's work. And 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 they and they have the tendency, or let's just say we have the tendency. Yeah. I'll go and group myself with there. We have the tendency to get all excited at those moments, like, "Wow, this is exciting! We are trusting God." to do this big thing. Yeah. No, I hopefully I'm trusting God with every little push of my pencil across the paper today. Every little secondary means that that he is working out through me. I've got to develop the mentality that God is behind all of that stuff and yeah. be just as excited about what he's doing through that as I am about, you know, what he might do through those uh, really s- stupendous interventions from time to time. You know, it seems to me like it. You you start thinking about um, some of the writings that you read from from times past, you, Puritan writers, or you go back mm-hmm. even further than that. Some of the of the theologians from centuries ago, where they were operating in a, a time and a season of uh, of history where um, everything took more time, like everything was more tedious. Just mm. Just in a normal sense, I mean, you you couldn't you couldn't you know look at your smartphone for directions to the next place you have to go, and even getting to that next place, it's going to be a long, tedious journey on foot and that kind of thing. So everything about life, because of you know where they were in 
history and without the conveniences of technology and otherwise, it was all that way in many respects. And when you look at what they produced in terms of content, theological richness and depth, it's it's actually profound to think about. They 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 must have had a a, a, a more innate discipline or something to be able to think along those lines, to be able to reflect upon the work of God according to how he describes himself working in Scripture and, and see that handiwork even in the normal tedium of what is, by and large, a very tedious mm. way to live. Yeah, I, I am sure there was a number of factors that contributed to that. Uh, you know, for one thing, a um, you know just a more rooted and grounded church. I mean, they were just more involved. Uh, they were under the Word of God, which is the missing element. So many times in people's lives, they they come across. You know, they're they're going around. Um, you know, need we say boasting uh, about how they're trusting God to do this big thing? Um, but in many ways, they've disconnected themselves from the discipline of just being in His Word and under His Word in this sort of normal fashion of life. Uh, so their, uh, you know, their their, uh, I guess, trust in God is exposed uh, to be perhaps a little bit flimsy. But even if you go back to those days, you know, it, it probably just the pace of life allowed for meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more of a sensitivity to creation. Yep. Around them, um, you know, probably you know, real community. Rather than uh, online <laughs> community, yeah, uh, not just 140 characters, but really dialoguing about the things of life and thinking deeply about them. You know, you're so out of touch because I think there's more characters allowed now than 140. Oh, well, that tells you. Last time I tweeted, right there, <laughs> it was like three years ago. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, you know, that's uh, that is in some ways the compartmentalizing of our theology and our life. You know, I just take it back to, I take it back to this, uh, and, and I talk about this with folks a lot. The Scripture, we believe, was written by God, and we believe it was written by man. Mm-hmm. We believe that God inspired each one of the writers uh, 100% so that every stroke of every pen, uh, you know, every jot and every tittle was 100% from him, and Jesus says it won't pass away. You have to forgive me if, I already, if I've already said this. I feel like I say this all the time. Maybe I said it on the last podcast. Every, every jot and every tittle will not pass away. But uh, even with that, God used the individual personalities and the experiences, even the choices of those writers, so that it comes through in that way. Now, when we say that, what we're talking about is this doctrine of concurrence. We believe that. God 100% controlled that process, and yet men who wrote the Scripture were 100% involved in it. So it's, it's a fallacy to separate. It's a theological fallacy to separate the divine author and the human author. People try to do that all the time, mm-hmm. just from a hermeneutical standpoint. They try to separate as if God, the divine author is running off and doing something separate from the human author. It, that, again, is a low view of God. I mean, I, I actually think God is so profound that 
he didn't need to bypass you know the the human authors uh, you know sort of send them into a trance like Joseph Smith locked up in a cave you know writing the um you know the book of mormon uh, that 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 view of inspiration is is a distortion of the real god the real god worked concurrently through these writers and controlled the entire process so we look at it and say it's 100% the word of god and yet you know peter wrote it and paul wrote it and john wrote it and all those guys well the same way you know when you come to something like a church building we believe what the scripture says that unless the lord builds the house they labor in vain who build it i love that verse because it has both elements right there yeah it does you have laboring which we all feel it you know it's labor you were in meetings today i know uh, much of the day just uh, kind of consumed with all that tedium you're laboring and yet through that labor trusting that god is working out you know his plan through all this stuff and and you know getting back to our original point way back when this is what keep, uh, keeps us composed through all the ups and downs and twists and turns of a complex project like building a building yeah yeah the the, the absolute certainty that god is superintending the process. Yeah, and when I think about um, just the nature of this process as we move forward, um, there's going to be there's going to be tedium and details even when steel is being put up. I mean, there's there's going to be things about that process that even though there's more visible work being done, um, it's still going to require the same perspective on. Who is actually at work? Yeah, and I, 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 I can so easily see and even feel in my own heart the pull away from that perspective. It, it, it is, it is so easy to um, become, as we talked about, even in the first podcast in the series, to become so focused and have so much trust in the plan, to be so <laughs> pushing for the accomplishment of the plan, and. And, and, and obviously, there's an element of diligence that's required in all of this to kind of stay on course and stay on track. But, but missing out, as we've talked about, missing out on the actual work, the actual handiwork of God, and how he is using these things, this project, this tedium, this, uh, these decisions, the process that we're going through, it's all to bring us into alignment with the image of Christ to sanctify us, to make us more useful in the kingdom. Absolutely. It's all for that. Yeah. So um, I, would hate to, I would hate to miss that. Yes. You get so focused on the bricks and sticks without realizing that in this entire enterprise of God's providence, he is accomplishing so much more yeah. than is in the scope of our view of what's going on. And, and, and so we want to develop that view of God. Uh, appreciating the fact that b- through this providential work, you know, it is, it is absolutely him doing his will and the trust in his goodness, knowing that it's a good work that he's doing, rather than lowering our view to God of God and just kind of waiting on him to zap and do something. And it doesn't matter if it's a church building. It doesn't matter if it's raising 
your you know uh, you know four year old uh, son and and kind of in the throes of uh, of what that's like on a, on a daily basis for a, a mom or a dad, um, you know, and sometimes just wishing that you could snap your fingers and uh, this child was immediately obedient. Well, you're doing the work of God, yeah. training him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and all of those little. Uh, reminders and lessons and discipline sessions and all of that stuff is God's work mm. in the heart of that little uh, that little soul. So the, the 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 application of this doctrine is is you know it's expansive. It's I immense. Mean, yeah. yeah, it is immense. Yeah. Well, once again, another great discussion. Um, looking forward to to what's next. Of course, we've got. Just so you, so everyone out there knows, we've got several folks that are going to be traveling this next week. Yes, um, headed to Shepherd's Conference out in California. We have uh, a visitor in town. Yes, Mark Ndino uh, has uh, come back uh, after a season of ministry already in, in Kenya. Uh, he'll be with us uh, for the next couple of Sundays, uh, preaching on the um, I think it's the eleventh or or whatever it is, the second Sunday of March, and uh, it, it'll be good. You know, we're just we're just uh, thrilled to hear the report of how the Lord's working over there already. Yeah. We'll continue to pray for uh, all that's uh, going on in the ministries of the church, but in particular the the project. I I, I can't tell you how uh, grateful I am for several things that come to mind. One is um, just what we've heard today, what we continue to discuss today, the focus that we're trying to bring uh, and maintain through this that we would be focused on what the Lord is doing in and through all things, and this project being a part of that. But also, I, I continue to be um, so grateful for uh, some of the people that the Lord's brought around this project to assist. I mean, when you talk about tedium and details, I, I have to mention Roy Turner, who is is stepping in to a more intensive project management support role. And he is really in those details and really helping with that a tremendous amount. And there are others that are that are stepping up that we'll be mentioning and asking you to continue to pray for. I would also encourage you to go to the Building Faith website, buildingfaith.church, because I'm going to be updating uh, the prayer list um, uh, again. We've got some new things that we can be praying for, some new people uh, in our church that are assisting that I want us to be praying for. And so I want to encourage all of us to um, to really participate in the process in that way as well. But Shane, thanks again for uh, continuing to lead us and shepherd us in the truth in this way. And uh, we'll look forward to the next time we get together. That'd be good.